So once you've got that idea, you've tested out your idea, you've got a proof of concept that works for one particular small cube, what's your next move on that axis? Which axis are you going to choose and how are you going to move along? Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Helping You Perform, where I bring my tips, tricks, insights, and stories from the world of F1 and other high-performing teams and help you apply those learnings for yourself so that you can accelerate your own performance. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, which is episode 44, and the title of that episode was Consistency is King. Consistency is absolutely crucial to anything that you're doing in business, in your personal life, whatever it might be. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and have a listen to last week's episode. But this week's episode is going to be slightly different. I want to focus on a bit of a challenge that a lot of my clients had, particularly in the times of the Claren, but a lot of them these days as well as I work independently. And that is often the problems that they're facing are so big and can be applied in so many different ways or so many different aspects of their business. They just don't know where to start. And also, they feel as if, if I'm going to try and solve this problem, it's going to be far too big. It's going to be time consuming, costly. Um, I don't have the resources, the commitment to do that sort of thing. So what can we do? How can we learn something? How can we understand whether this is even worth doing before we go out and sort of accelerate it and, and scale it out to the rest of my business? I'll give you a bit of a story from one of the clients, my first client, actually, that I worked with uh, during the McLaren days, which is a big supermarket chain. Uh, and I often joke that I was enticed back to the UK from living and working in New Zealand to uh, sit in Woking and work on supermarket shelf stacking uh, problems. And that's what, what this was. It was a challenge that said every time we're bringing stuff out to the, uh, the shelves in order to restack, Quite often, and we don't even know how often, but quite often there isn't even the space on the shelf for the product or there's space for 10 products and I've only brought eight out. So all of this results in wasted movement and wasted effort and resource. And this supermarket, to give you a bit of scale, was spending one billion pounds a year purely on the labor cost of putting stuff back on the shelves. So when you've got a business that, that's that big, and you've got a problem that is so ubiquitous around your business, where do you start? And what they'd come to McLaren for was to understand some of the abilities in what we call a digital twin, the ability to create a virtual version of their physical operation in a digital world. And there's some real great advantages to that. And that is all about, you know, how do you model and simulate? How can you test things in an environment without having to do these physically? this client was doing was when they came up with a new idea, a new way of working, something that they wanted to try, they would go and test it in one or two of their stores. 
And off the back of the results of that test, they would either scale it out to all their stores or they would stop that experiment there in its tracks. And there's two main issues surrounding that. So if things go really well and you look to scale that, um, that same thing out to your or all of your stores that you've got, then you that's a risk because just because it worked in that one environment doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere else. There's all these different stores that are, have different layouts, different sizes, different types, different mix of products. So that's a risk that you're taking is if it's worked really well in the trial, who's to say it's going to work elsewhere? And the flip side of that risk is if it hasn't worked in that trial, you could be scrapping a really good idea that works for 99% of your business and you've just chanced upon the one context in which that problem and that solution doesn't work. So you do some massive risks on either side, either cost of scaling something out and you won't get the benefit or not doing something that will give you a huge amount of benefit. And so well, how can we take that problem and scale it down to something where we test it, we understand the aspects of that and understand whether or not we, it's going to work when we scale it up. I came across this great term called the cube of scope. And that was all about finding three axes on which to measure and test your idea. Now, if I take this supermarket example still, then those axes might be the different types of store that they've got. So they might have a small store, a medium sized store and a mega store. So you've got three different stores and types that you can do. You might also have the different types of goods that you want to test. So dry goods, uh, frozen goods, fresh goods might be three different aspects that you've got there. And you might also have locations. So whether or not um, something that might be important or you think might be important within the scaling. So maybe distance to the local um, uh, center, you know, the distribution center that you've got. So whether it's within zero to 10 miles, 10 to 20 miles, 20 miles plus. So you've got three axes, each with three different options there. And what we would encourage people to do is say, right, what's the smallest cube of scope? What's one, uh, one space along on each of those axes where we say, right, we're gonna test one different setup here. But we're going to set right we're going to start with right we're going to do medium-sized stores because they're the ones that um, we think we can get the most benefit they're the ones that are easiest to test for whatever reason we want to do dry goods as the first piece to test because they've got no real shelf life issues around them uh, and they don't take up freezer space so there's maybe some technicalities around it that make them the easier things to model and understand and then we'll pick a, a distance maybe it's the ones that are really close to distribution because that removes a certain uh, risk or opportunity there and so what that does is it gives you something that you can test develop a proof of concept that works for that particular cube scope and once you've tested that it's great if you can test it in a virtual environment but it works in the same way in a physical space as well as you can say right how do we test this out and how do we scale it up to the next level that isn't all of our stores from one but we want to move one step over on one of those scales and it might be going from small oh sorry we tested this at medium stores and say right we're going to add small stores in there or it might be we're going to keep this in medium stores and we're going to add on the aspect of frozen goods as well as dry goods 
or we keep it medium stores with dry goods only and we'll also add on the complexity of the distance. So you're choosing one axis in which you can move to the next level. And that gives you a great chance to pick a really small cube of scope, something that is really important to you. And if you, what I would encourage in, uh, in making those decisions is make it as easy as possible. It doesn't have to be the biggest value. It's great if it is, but if it's the easiest thing to test and the quickest thing to test, that really adds a lot of value and the speed of innovation is, is critical here. So once you've got that idea, you've tested out your idea, you've got a proof of concept that works for one particular small cube, what's your next move on that axis? Which axis are you going to choose and how are you going to move along? So what I'm going to do in the, in the show notes here is I'm going to put in a little PDF just to give you a visual idea. If you listen to this on um, on Spotify or Apple, uh, Apple iTunes or anything along those lines, then you've got a PDF there that you can have a look and say, oh, this is a visual idea of what we mean by that cube scope. So that's my challenge for you today. When you've got these big opportunities, these big concepts that are around there, what's the smallest cube of scope? It's going to give you some learning so that you can then expand on a, one of those axes as the next step in your scaling. As always, if you've got any questions, any feedback, if this is hitting home, I'd love to hear from you. love to hear how you're applying some of this thinking to your own business. Uh, reach out to me at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. We can have a chat and see how this is helping to accelerate your own performance. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.